0: Welcome home, everybody. I'm Jeremy Pearsons, and you're watching Legacy Television. We're so glad you tuned in today. Uh, several weeks ago, we began a new series right here on Legacy TV, all about the healing power of God. And uh, I believe this is the Lord's direction for us. And if, you've, if you're just tuning in now and you missed any of those, I want you to go back and, and watch those and get caught up with us because there are some truths in there that I believe will shed some light on uh, in your heart about who God is and what He wants for your life, uh, specifically regarding your healing. Uh, and we're looking at people out of the scriptures who who came to Jesus with a need, who came to Jesus with sickness or something going on in their bodies and they left with what they needed. They left with their questions answered, they left with their miracle. We're looking at miracles in the book of Mark and I want you to go back and watch anything. Even if you saw those other ones, go and look at them again. And if you wanna know how you can do that, it's very simple. Just download the Legacy Studios app and all the episodes of Legacy TV are there for you. They're free, the app is free. There's no excuse, just get these things. Get the word of God down in your heart. We're gonna keep going in it today. I want you to get your Bible. I want you to get something to write with, something to write on. And I want you to just open up your heart to let the Lord do in your life today what only he can do. I can't do it, nobody else can do it, but he can. Through the anointing that's on his word, through the anointing that's that's resident on you right now as a born again believer, just receive what Jesus has already accomplished for you. Let's pray together, let's get right into the word. Father, we love you today and we thank you for loving us. We come before your word today and we ask you for eyes that see into it, ears that hear the voice of Jesus and hearts that understand more about who Jesus is in us and who we are in him. And Father, we believe we receive miracles today. Miracles that, that come from the preaching of the word, miracles that come from the moving of your spirit, miracles that come as the result of the overflow of the grace of God. We thank you for it. We give you praise today in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to go back to the book of John briefly before we go on in Mark today, looking at these miracles. And I want to remind you of what John said in chapter one concerning Jesus. He said, in the beginning was the word. He's talking about Jesus. The word was with God and the word was God. In verse 14, it says the word became flesh. God wrapped flesh around the word and he sent the word to us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. Verse 16, it says, of his fullness, we have all received and grace for grace, grace upon grace. God sent his word. In the Psalms, in Psalm 107, verse 20, another verse we've been looking at over the last several weeks, he said, and he sent his word and he healed them. He healed them and he delivered them from all their destructions. Why did God send Jesus? Why did God wrap flesh around the word and send him? Well, Jesus told us why in the same book of John, just a couple of chapters later, God so loved you. God so loved us that he gave us Jesus. That's John 3.16 and and you know that and so many people know that, but so very few people, I think, know John 3.17 where Jesus said, God did not send his son into the world to condemn it but to save it. God didn't send Jesus to condemn you. God didn't send Jesus to tell you what a sinner you've been, to tell you how you've messed things up, to tell you how bad you are. God didn't send Jesus to tell you that he was angry with you. He sent Jesus to tell you that he loved you. He sent Jesus to heal you. Out of that love comes healing. Healing comes when you know how much you are loved. And that's why we've been looking at these examples in the book of Mark. Go back there with me. We started in Mark chapter two. We looked at the guys who came through the roof onto Jesus that day when he was preaching, how faith dug a hole in the roof. And And we see that faith stops at nothing. Faith goes and goes and presses and presses. It presses into the word. It presses into times of worship. Faith will press in and refuse to quit until it finds itself at the feet of Jesus, just like this guy did. And faith will press until it walks away with a desired result. Faith will not quit. And the same thing that happened for him will happen for you the way that it's happened for me and it's happened for so many of us. And Jesus said something to that man that day that shocked people there. And it may be shocking to you right now. But as soon as that guy came through the roof and Jesus saw their faith, it says he looked at him and said, son, your sins are forgiven. And wherever you're sitting there watching this broadcast right now, I don't know if you're in your home, you're in your office, you're in your car, wherever you are, you're you're, you're hearing this, you're watching this. Jesus is saying the same thing to you that he said to this guy, your sins are forgiven. It's It's amazing to me that Jesus said that because this guy didn't come through the roof asking for forgiveness and yet Jesus forgave him. That says to me that all you have to do right now is receive what Jesus has already given you and that is forgiveness, the cleansing of your sin. He's taken all that and given you his righteousness and praise God out of that, your healing will come. And we fast forwarded then in the chapter three, after we looked at the guys that came through the roof, we looked at this guy who gave a hand to God When Jesus came into the synagogue and he saw the man with the withered hand, he was in the crowd in and among the religious people who were watching Jesus to see if he would heal that day, to see if he would heal, not so that they could praise God, not so that they could give glory to God, but so that they might have something to accuse him. Isn't it amazing what will happen when a religious mindset sets into people that has nothing to do with the character of God? I'm thinking about a friend of ours. I've been thinking about her and her husband over the last several days as I've been preparing these messages. And the, these this couple is a pastor of an awesome church. We visited their church several times. We love these guys, some of our closest friends. I'm thinking back on her testimony. You know, she was uh, in Bible school and she had been suffering from Crohn's disease, which I don't know a whole lot about it. I just know it was not good. I know it was something that had put her in the hospital time and time again. And she, it, was, it almost gotten to the point where there was so little that she could actually eat without it affecting her body and putting her in the hospital. And this is just a tormenting disease. And she was going to this Bible school and, and her friends, of course, everybody there is born again. Teachers are born again, teaching the word. And everybody there is praying for her on a regular basis, praying that she'd be healed, praying that she'd be healed. And finally, one day she went with her then, I think, fiance, they weren't even married at the time, they went to a meeting where the word was being preached. I'll tell you what it was, it was she, they went to a Kenneth Hagen meeting, not in the town where the school was or anything like that, but they went to the Kenneth Hagin meeting and, and, and. Going to a Kenneth Hagin meeting was something very different from the way she was brought up and kind of the world that they were in at the time. But she went, they found out, you know, miracles happen at these meetings. She went and praised God. She heard the word that night. She got hands laid on her that night and she was healed in that moment. She felt it in her body. She recognized something. something has just happened in me and she was healed. And she went from that meeting, I think she went and ate a huge meal and had no adverse effects, wasn't suffering from Crohn's disease anymore, got healed in an instant, went back to school. There was, she was in class with all the friends and the teachers that had been praying for her. She said, I've got a praise report. I've got a testimony. And they said, what is it? She said, I've been healed. I've been healed. I'm not suffering from it anymore. And all her friends and the teachers, they just started rejoicing and praising God. And they were like, well, what happened? And she said, I went to a Kenneth Hagin meeting. And the teacher said, stop right there. Don't ever say that man's name in this class again. I don't want to hear you talk about him. That man's a heretic and, and we don't believe in that. Isn't that amazing to think that people who, who in all appearances have a relationship with God and, and they're praying for this friend of theirs to be healed and when she actually does, that they use something like a prejudice against the person that it came through. And they won't even praise God because of that. That's the same spirit that was at work in these religious leaders on that day. Man, that thing is still alive in the earth today. And it's astounding what we will let keep us from praising God. I don't care what denomination you are, what church you grew up in, what family you came from or didn't come from. Man, you tell me Jesus healed you, I will shout with you. I will praise God with you. I don't care if we agree on every other little thing and I don't care who it was that laid hands on you. If you tell me that Jesus did a miracle in your body, I will praise him with you. I want to be that kind of guy. I want to be that kind of Christian who is not prejudiced against somebody else because they come from somewhere else and they say things maybe a little differently than I do. Jesus is Jesus, and he is a healing Jesus. And if you're watching this and miracles are taking place in your body, I don't care if you got brought up in some other church that I got brought up in, write me, call me, tell me, because I'm gonna shout with you and I will praise God with you. And when you praise God like this guy did, who got his healing that day, that man with the withered hand, when Jesus spoke to him and he said, step forward, he came out of that crowd Jesus healed him. He said, Stretch out your hand and he did it. Praise God. And he walked away healed. I don't want to be like the one whose heart was hard and chose not to respond to the healing power of God that was present that day. God forbid, don't ever let me find myself with that kind of heart condition because you can't receive anything. We've talked over the last several weeks about getting caught up in this conversation between grace and faith. And for you to receive anything from the grace of God, you have to respond in faith. He's looking for a response. I want to keep going in the book of Mark. I want to skip now to chapter five. We're looking at these miracles in Mark. Skipping now to chapter five, look at verse 21. It says, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. I like Matthew's account of that. He adds, he fell at his feet and he worshiped him. Isn't it interesting that this man Jairus has just now found himself at the same place that that man found himself when he came through that roof. Everybody who comes to Jesus in faith every time finds themselves at the same place at his feet at the feet of Jesus. Faith will always bring you into the presence of God and always put you right at the feet of Jesus. We'll get back to this in a second, but right now I'm thinking about Mary. That day Jesus went into her house and her sister Martha's house. And where did she find herself? Right at the feet of Jesus, hearing his word. Martha was different that day though. You remember it says that she was distracted. Jesus told her when she busted in on him teaching, interrupted the whole thing. One translation said, assuming a stance over him. So here's Jesus teaching. Here's Mary at his feet. Here's Martha standing over him. One of these places is a place of honor. One of these places is a place of disrespect. It's a place that she doesn't hold. And yet she stands over him and tells him, tell my teacher or tell my sister to help me. Don't you care she's not helping me? He says, Martha, you're distracted. You're distracted by many things. You know, distraction is nothing more than being tricked. It's nothing more than being tricked into thinking that something else is more important, even if it's just for a second. I always use the example of somebody driving. When you're driving a car, there's nothing more important than driving the car, right? But when the phone buzzes or that bell rings and you look down, if you look at it for a second, that's you believing even for just a second that something over here is more important than what's in front of you. It's called being distracted and people are dying because of it. Well, that same principle is true and people are being, people are dying, people are being killed, being distracted, not just by their phone, but by everything going on. When Jesus is saying, there's one thing that is needful and Mary has chosen that one thing. At any given time in your life, there's one thing that's more important than anything else. And it's your job and mine to go to Jesus and find out, Jesus, what's most important? What's most important? And Mary found out, that when Jesus was present and the word was being preached, when the word was preaching the word and that grace was overflowing, she, she decided there's nothing more important than me sitting right here at his feet. Jesus said to Martha, you're distracted, but Mary has chosen the one thing. And he said, and it won't be taken from her. Satan won't be able to steal from you. Satan can't steal your healing. He can't steal your joy. He can't steal your provision when you know the one thing that's most important. Faith again and again will bring you to the feet of Jesus. Why has Jairus found himself at the feet of Jesus? Why has he fallen at his feet and worshiped him? In verse 23, begged him earnestly saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. This testimony is astounding to me on a number of different levels. Number one, you have Jairus here, who is a ruler of the synagogue. Here's a man with position. Here's a man with popularity. And because of that, here's a man with pride. This position that he holds as ruler of the synagogue, everybody out there knows this man. This is a prominent position in this community. He is over the coordinating of all the services that take place in that synagogue. It's his job. He is the the president of the board of elders, if you will, in that synagogue. And it's his job to make sure every element of every service is in place and goes seamlessly. That's his job. And this is a place of prominence. This is a place of reputation. This is a place of pride. And I guarantee you that the people he associates most closely with are not members of the Jesus Christ fan club, these are not people that, are, look, that look favorable on Jesus at all. As a matter of fact, I guarantee you, it's quite possible that he or someone he knows or is close, close with was in the synagogue back in chapter three when they were looking for a reason to kill Jesus. Why have things changed? Why all of a sudden is this man of reputation, this man of pride, this man of position, why all of a sudden has he forgotten all of that and fallen at the feet of the very one who I'm sure just days or weeks before this was a skeptic of. Why? Well, it's simple. His daughter's sick. That's it. His daughter's sick. I I have a daughter. Sarah and I have two kids. We have Justice. He's six years old. We have Jesse Grace. She's three years old. And I love both these kids with all my heart. And it's funny to watch Sarah with justice. There's just something about a mom and her son. And you know what? She says the same thing to me, daddies and their daughters. That girl has me. I mean, I am whipped. That girl has got me wrapped around that little finger. There's something about daddies and their daughters. You know, not long ago, I can tell already, we'll probably have to pick up with this story in the next broadcast, but not long ago, we were in this very room right here in our living room and uh, Sarah and I were getting ready to leave for vacation. We had a trip coming up the next day. We were leaving the kids here at home with family and we were going to get away for a while. And you know how it is the day before vacation, you're kind of running around, you're packing up, you're getting stuff done. All that day though, there, there was just something going on on the inside of me and I just, something didn't feel right. Something felt like as that, I just need to pray. I just need to go pray in the spirit. I need to do something. Something wasn't right. But you know, I kept ignoring it. There was things we had to get done. We were running across town. We take the kids to go eat, run to this store, run over here. And before we looked up, you know, hours had gone by. We get home, we're hurrying to pack. Kids are running around. Sarah's making dinner. She gets them to the table. I'm in this living room, just a few feet from where I'm talking to you right now, getting my hair cut, my, you know, vacation haircut. Got to look good on the beach. And um, we send the kids to go take a shower. And just a moment later, we hear this, awful scream from Jesse, my little girl. She's obviously hurt. Something's happened. Go in there. We find that she has fallen face down in the shower and hit her mouth on that shower floor. And there was blood everywhere. And she's crying. And that sense of just panic wants to try to come all over you. And, and, and Sarah's feeling the pressure and I'm doing everything I can just to stay calm. I'm, I know anybody who was looking at me, they just saw that color just drain from my face. I break out in an instant sweat and praise the Lord. He's so merciful. He's so gracious and so kind. Jesse, she might've cried for 15 minutes and you know what? She fell right to sleep, slept all night without any pain and, and praise God. She never cried again over it. And we're believing God to, to fix it, all of that stuff. And there was, there was no structural damage. I mean, the Lord just did an amazing thing. But I will never forget what was going on in this daddy's heart when my little daughter was hurt. It, it, it's, it tries to come all over you. And if you're a dad watching this, you know exactly what I mean. When your little girl is hurting, there is just about nothing that you won't do to see her better, to get her well, And if there was something within my power that I could have done to fix all that right then, I would have. And really the only thing that was within my power was to call on Jesus. And I really struggled the rest of that night and even some the next day because I looked back on that day and I realized that that whole day, the spirit of God was speaking to me, trying to call me into a place of prayer, trying to call me into the presence of God. You know what he was trying to do? He was trying to put me at the feet of Jesus. He was trying to put me in the presence of Jesus, but instead there was so much going on. We were so distracted by everything else that instead of choosing the one thing that was needful, I just kept giving in to the the hurriedness of everything else. And my little daughter got hurt because of it and praise God, the mercy of God. Again, I just can't say enough. It was this simultaneous feelings of I'm an idiot and thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, all of that was going on in me at the same time, but it was such a wake up call to me. It was such a wake up call to me and to Sarah, if not for our sake, but for the sake of our children. I believe there's somebody watching this right now. Maybe you aren't physically, there's nothing wrong with you. You're not sick, but you've got a little, a little boy, a little girl who's been sick in bed maybe for days, or maybe there's been an accident. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, find yourself at the feet of Jesus. And, and you know how this story ends. We'll get back into it. And, and, and I want you to stay with us in the coming weeks, because we're going to go through all of this, but I felt like I had to draw your attention to this right here. As a parent, you're going to have to do what J. Iris did. You gotta put aside pride, you gotta put aside reputation, you gotta put aside all position, and you must go fall at the feet of Jesus. And whether that's at his feet in, in your bedroom or whether that's at an altar in a church, regardless of what other people say or think or what they may say or think about you, the life of your little one depends on you finding yourself at the feet of Jesus, calling on him and saying, lay your hands on her and she will live. And the, the words that follow in verse 24 are some of my favorite in all of scripture. You know what it says? It just simply says this, So Jesus went with him. Jesus went with him. And even though I had been distracted that day, even though I had been distracted with a lot of other things going on and failed to find the one thing that was needful. Yeah, I missed it and I messed it up, but still I knew enough to call on the mercy of God. And I knew enough to call on Jesus and praise God. My little girl has not suffered. She has not felt pain. And I want to tell you something, Satan's Assignment on your life and on the life of your children is not to bloody their mouth, it's to take their life. But he couldn't do it that day. As dumb as I was, and as dense and dull as I was, and unresponsive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, even though I missed it, the mercy of God is everlasting to everlasting. And Satan can't have the life of my daughter, and he can't have the life of yours. Jesus loves these girls. Jesus loves these children and he wants them healed. He wants them whole, but for their sakes, moms, for their sakes, dads, go find yourself at his feet. Just go fall at his feet and worship him and say the same thing Jairus did. Just say, Jesus, come into this house. Your presence is enough to heal my baby, to heal my son, To save my daughter. And he'll do the same thing he did for J. Iris' daughter. He'll do the same thing he did for my daughter and daddy's. He'll do the same thing for your daughter.